Empire of the Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. Kevin, your bet on the end of podcast bet from yesterday's appearance coming to fruition. Look at that. I'm right for once. The Suns have a new head coach. It's Frank Vogel. It is a five-year deal. And hey, Kev, get ready to hear numbers uh, behind that. Usually we just hear about, uh, if you're not familiar with how NBA reporting works, we're very familiar with the salaries for every player, but salaries for coach is not really a known thing anymore. I think we're going to start to get salary numbers now after what Monty Williams did. We talked about on yesterday's podcast. Um, and, and if you're listening, by the way, today, uh, yesterday's podcast, we went over a ton on Monty Williams. We previewed the finals as well. So uh, it, it did not age terribly. If you want to uh, go and watch that um, or, or go listen to that. I should say you can watch it, I guess, but you're just going to see like a, a standard picture of like the Empire of the Suns logo there while you listen to it. Uh, the Suns have hired Frank Vogel, five years, $31 million deal. Attention being paid to that number being less than Monty's like a, a, whatever, who cares? I, I don't understand why it matters. It's not like there's a salary cap for coaches yet, Kevin. Yet. Uh, what'd you think? What do you think? Man, I, I've kind of been along this track, the whole coaching search. None of the names really stood out to me after Ty Lue. I think we've discussed that enough. But for me, just when you look at what he's done, it makes sense. I, I don't think it's necessarily going to blow anyone away, but I think it's as safe as of a hire as you can make. And obviously a lot of the offensive question marks come with who he hires on that staff. Um but I, I like Frank Vogel. Like, I think he's a really good, hardworking coach who gets along with people really well, whether that's um, assistants, whether that's players. Um, just reading around, I don't think LeBron James was like, get rid of this guy. He's not our coach. Like, I think that was really the Lakers front office decision when he left the Lakers. So um, the reputation speaks well enough like the dude can coach defense really really well and when you do that over different eras when you do it recently um in 2020 that was a really good defensive team then i think like he he adapts he evolves and i'm interested to see how it goes here i think my number one takeaway is that i am a fan of it because of how my biggest concern in firing money was losing culture, losing identity, losing foundation and all that stuff. And it's going to be a different looking one for sure. But Vogel comes in and like all the Suns players or, or Suns for agents or whatever, looking at their phone, know like, all right, we're going to be playing some defense next year. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. immediately known what this team is going to do and what their coach is going to expect out of them. And if you just look at his reputation, if you're not familiar with Frank Vogel, he has been a head coach in the NBA for 11 years over three different teams. He uh, filled in on an interim basis as an assistant with the Pacers after a decade as an NBA assistant, did well enough to where he led them to the playoffs and he got retained. And that is when the Pacers teams, the memorable Pacers teams, Kevin, that I think uh, 
get forgotten in time a little bit that took those Miami Heat teams uh, to the brink a few times. Uh, they made the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years. Paul George, Roy Hibbert, David West, Lance Stevenson, George Hill, those those guys uh, were there, and they did it off of defense. They were twice under Vogel, the number one team in the league in defensive rating, and they ranked 10th, 8th, and 3rd in the other three years that he was in Indiana. Um, I prepped up our skeleton work for Vogel, so I did like a lot of look into like how these years went yesterday and basically uh paul george missed the entire year that was that a uh, horrible injury that he had for team usa and then in paul george's last year that was vogel's last year as well they won a lot of games still they made the playoffs but they got bounced in the first round and it was pretty much uh vogel's gone and then they dealt paul george later um Vogel's contract was was expired and they didn't renew it and then they dealt Paul George a couple of months later because they were going to start a rebuild and that was because they were scared that Paul George wasn't going to resign with them and they wanted to get some value for him instead of losing him for nothing uh the next summer so in terms of how things went in Indiana really well really well uh the magic tenure I wrote it as Kevin like anyone would have failed in that position he got hired by Orlando by a GM and then a season later, there was a new person deciding things for uh, Orlando. I think they went from Hennigan to Hammond, I believe. I might have those reversed, but um, Hammond coming from Milwaukee, I believe. And yeah. so he lasted one more year. It did not go well again. It, it was a bad roster, a mix of young talent, a mix of win-now pieces that didn't go well. I want to say off the top of my head, that was that random like magic of Serge Ibaka trade. Remember that? <laughs> uh. <laughs> that was. I think that was those teams. Um it did not go well. He got fired, but like I said, it wouldn't have gone well for anyone. And then he lands with the Lakers a year later, wins a championship with the Lakers in his first season. I think that that is very noteworthy and part of the optimism here with him for sure is that it's a very hard thing to come in immediately as a head coach, establish an identity, establish what you're going to do, and then win a championship that first year. He's done that. Now he did it with LeBron James, who is either the best or the second best basketball player in the history of the sport. But with that in mind, he did it with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and just a ragtag group of uh, supporting cast, which was capable defensively and had some shooting with it. But, man, there was, like, little to no offensive creation beyond that. But the defense was so good and so versatile, and he was so good with mid-series adjustments, specifically on, on defense, to where those teams succeeded enough to win a championship. The next two years, I think we all kind of know the story there injuries for Davis and James throughout. And then more so in the last two years, that roster construction just really died an ugly death. They did not uh, retain Alex Caruso. They got rid of KCP. Danny green was gone. Uh, and, then, and then Kuzma was gone as well. And then the whole, the whole Westbrook thing that did not go well at all. And he and Vogel seemingly did not have a good relationship there. And then when he got fired, Kevin, I think everyone agreed pretty consensus. Like Vogel wasn't the problem. It was one of those types of things. So uh, if you're looking at like his track record and, and leaving three different spots in the course of a decade, I, I wouldn't say it's anything that comes with concern. It doesn't for you, right? No. I mean, you read everything about leaving the Lakers and it was, I don't even know if it was a bad relationship with Westbrook so much as they actually used him because they had to, because LeBron and AD were injured so much. And then he just didn't fit and he didn't really have a choice whether to even consider benching the guy. So I don't know. It's like if he had stuck around, he could have done the exact same thing Darvin Ham did after this trade deadline. We don't know that. But I think going to 2020 was the bigger deal. And even when the Suns knocked him out the next year, like 
that team looked pretty good. Um, the Suns went to the finals and the Lakers gave them a tough, like Lakers fans will say they would have beaten the Suns if that team was healthy. So I don't know if they're necessarily wrong. Um, that was still a good team. So I think you look at those two teams, how they're structured and you say, okay, two um, very, very good superstars. Yeah. The roster construction around them was shooting um, not necessarily a true point guard, which we could get into in a little bit about like Rondo was on those teams, but he came off the bench. Mostly it was like Avery Bradley. Um, so he, he didn't necessarily need a point guard for those situations. And I think that's similar. Um, he, he loves centers. Um, even if it's, you know, play one guy, 15 minutes, play the other guy, 15 minutes with like, um, JaVale McGee and Dwight. Um, so I, we, we talked about this earlier, this is going to be, and it, it would have been for any coach, but for him, especially, this is about how James Jones matches the personnel and goes out and gets, okay, you need shooting. You need three and D guys placed all around this roster. Um, and also like Chris Paul will probably fit in just fine. In any case, DA is the big thing too, where everyone's going to wonder, okay, does he like DA because he likes centers? Does he get more out of DA? I can't see that um, unless he hires an assistant coach who has grand ideas. And that's where Kevin Young, who apparently, according to a couple of reports by Woj and Gambo, um, could still land as a top assistant and stay in Phoenix. So that'll be an interesting thing to see if he might be the guy who has, okay, I have ways to get more out of DA on the offensive end. For sure. Uh, yeah. Let's look at the roster more so and just like how this future looks ahead important side note there. And for those of you listening, there's going to be a lot of people listening to just this episode, not previous episodes. The Suns are in a difficult spot with free agency in particular. Now the trade avenues are going to be a bit easier. I, I say easier. Um, they they have DeAndre Ayton, who's a huge contract. They have Chris Paul, who's a huge contract. Getting one for one deals is obviously going to be very difficult with those guys, but getting two for one, three for ones potentially could be easier. Now that's where you get into Ayton and Paul's value and you're not exactly sure what it is. In terms of other like mid-sized contracts to move there's Landry Shamit but you would need to attach assets to him to get rid of him and the Suns just traded all their they can't trade a first round pick this offseason so it it it's not it, it is easier said than done without a doubt in terms of adding the three and d players I think they're going to be lucky if they're able to get some three and some d and then just kind of mold it together I know that's going to give some Suns fans PTSD because that's all we talked about with this supporting cast for the last four months but I think that more so it's going to become the point guard position and the center position and what they decide to do there. Uh, wh what I wrote, Kevin, is if the Suns just... Be so the thing, with De the thing with DeAndre is you sent me my story that I wrote five years ago declaring that DeAndre was not the number one prospect in his class. It was extremely polarizing and controversial at the time because at least in the valley there was a near unanimous consensus that deandre should be the number one pick and is the number one prospect and a lot of the things that you read in there are are, are wrong to be clear like i said like luca like can't be a point guard and like i guess that's true because he doesn't guard point guards but I, I, what is a point guard today i don't know but he is a point guard so i was wrong in some kind of ways there uh, but everything that i was writing about deandre at the time had, has more or less held up and I'm saying this because I think there's a lot of people who are going to talk themselves into, if he does stick around, 
like, oh, this was just a money problem. And the new coach is going to be able to get what they need out of him. And look, you can't do much better than Vogel in terms of trying to maximize what DeAndre does. Like that's an excellent uh, hire. If not, if that was one of the main specifics, but if they knew coming into this head coaching search, that they were going to keep DeAndre, this is like the best head coaching hire possible. But part of the versatility that Vogel brings is not something we've seen DeAndre do. And that is where the entire DeAndre Monty Williams conversation comes to a head of how much of this was on DeAndre and how much of this was on Monty. Was it Monty being stubborn with, with scheme versatility or was it DeAndre's inability to execute scheme versatility and earn the trust for scheme versatility? He didn't hedge much. He didn't trap much. He didn't trap and recover. He switched every now and then he mostly played his drop. Like it, it, he was more confused than we've seen him in the last two, three years in terms of just executing his base coverage in the past year anyway. So the Suns have some real looking in the mirror to do here, Kevin. And I think I didn't get into this into the column because I think we're going to talk about it more in the, in the next three or four weeks here, but it could really sink or swim this entire team and what they're trying to do. If they make the right call on Deandre or the wrong call on Deandre. And that goes for both trading him and not trading him. Let's say you trade him, Kevin, and you bring in Dwight Powell in for agency and you have, a pretty good defense, but not an elite defense because your rim protector is someone who lacks presence in that regard and is just a pretty good defender or an okay defender, as opposed to Roy Hibbert in Indiana and Anthony Davis in LA. We've seen DeAndre two postseasons ago be a title winning caliber anchor of a defense. Like that's the level of defense that he was playing and doing it while switching a lot in that Clippers series as well. Let's say they don't trade him, Kevin. And he can't do what Vogel needs out of him. And that hampers the defense as a whole and is a crutch for them. And they're again, a pretty good defense because of it. I think that it's, it's massive what they decide to do with him in, in both facets. Like I, I just can't emphasize it enough that the Vogel hire helps for sure. Like it, it's going to, it, it could, they couldn't do much better again, like I said, but I do think the decision to what, what to do with him specifically magnifies it both in a good and a bad way that I don't think people are quite grasping just yet, but we will, if we see him stick around or, or, or leave, we've talked about both sides of the coin for years now, right, Kevin? It's basically, I, I guess you're right in that. I shouldn't even talk about offense with DA because it's like, can Frank Vogel simplify the game and bring the best out of DA as a defender? And, or do you, does he just not, figure out a way to connect with him where DA is a plus on defense and they by, have by to simplify. Do you mean just like defense first? I mean, I mean, simplify as in make DA not think too much. And okay, I don't well, know. That's, that's part of the problem is because Vogel's biggest strength is mid series adjustments in the postseason right. defensively. And DA is going to need to be able to do that. He has to. Right. But is that, a coaching issue or is that a him issue is I guess what I'm saying Okay, and, or it's an engagement issue because like there are games where he goes in and they give him a bunch of early offensive touches and he's just engaged and then his defense is better which like I don't know what that says about a person um, or psychology of a basketball player but that happened and and to me like yeah like I, I guess I'm asking philosophically, do you want DA to play mistake-free basketball? And does that hinder how good your defense can be and how versatile it is, which I think is your concern? Or do you think that him playing a certain style of defense, the Suns can get away with 
that being good and solid and then he's not making the mistakes at all so it's kind of like a I guess high ceiling low floor question of what Frank Vogel can get out of him let's look at the other position point guard here's the interesting thing Kevin I look at the center market for for agency at least and I get less optimistic in terms of what the Suns could do there uh, with Vogel now, no, now knowing that he's the head coach obviously changes and uh, makes it more dynamic for us in terms of how we think about the players that they're going to add. Because again, we know the identity here. Uh, at point guard, here's a couple names, Kevin. Um, if they stretch in wave Chris, it will open avenues for them to execute side and trades. A name that has been commonly discussed there, Fred Van Vliet. What did he do in Toronto? He did a whole lot of what Nick Nurse did and 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 knows defensively what to bring to the table. And he is pretty much the perfect third option offensively for a team. I think that maybe I would want a little bit more floor general prowess, but Fred Van Vliet is a really, really good point guard and he's a good scoring guard in general. Now, is he a good defender, a great defender? Not necessarily, but he's been a part of a championship defense in Toronto and, and knows exactly what to bring in terms of that. Um, Dennis Schroeder was a part of that Laker team for a brief time. Kev, uh, he was there, mm-hmm. uh, played under Vogel. Gabe Vincent is a name that we've discussed, uh, sparingly on the podcast. I wrote a little bit more about it to link again, nurse and, uh, Spolstra there in terms of defensive versatility and doing a bunch of different things. Vincent has been a part of that and has shown that he can do it. Suns fans are going to love this. Kevin, guess who's number four on this, uh, point guard rankings that I'm looking at for free agency. Oh, Patrick Beverly. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, like you could you could do worse <laughs> in terms of like the just a three and D point guard. Like you could you could do worse. I know people are going to hate hearing that, but uh, they could do worse in terms of this list that I'm looking at. So that's where we get to Chris, and I'm just uh, I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, the the thing that I noticed looking at the Lakers' identity statistically over those three years is that they they ran, and it was like it was similar to Nurse teams where offensive glass transition ways to benefit even more off of the defense basically and make the defense even better with uh, what we're trying to achieve offensively. Obviously the transition comes with concerns with Chris in terms of how much he'd be pushing the pace and so on and so forth. Then again, everything we're talking about offensively and bringing back Kevin Young potentially or needing an assistant that knows an offensive system. I wrote it like this, Kevin. I'm not saying that Chris Paul is such a good player coach type guy that he could archet- like be the archetype uh, architect behind a modern offense by any means. But it would really help to have an assistant coach basically on the floor and help someone who was consistently working with the assistants and the coaches on the offensive concepts. Now, the flip side, though, Kevin, is that defensively, he's far past his prime. Uh, not so much offensively, but defensively for sure. Then again, he's maybe the best defensive point guard of all time. Nine-time all-defense player. His voice and IQ alone on that end would help make the Suns better defensively. But can he execute everything that they would want to do with how aggressive they would be at times? Because part of the versatility bonus, Kevin, is being aggressive and doing aggressive yeah. scrambling, recovering, hedging, all that kind of stuff. Like, could Chris do that? He did it really well, I thought, two, three years ago. But last year, they didn't do it as much. And last year, he wasn't really doing as great with it when he did. Like, a lot of those possessions that would end with an open corner three after recoveries were him kind of staring at the closeout, you know? So, I I, I don't know. What, what do you think in terms of the read on Chris in this situation? I mean, other than just the report that Haynes put out there that they're going to roll with him, it, it, again, it depends on what you're getting back. You need two good players back, and I think he's – 
he's tougher to trade than maybe even DA the more we go on the summer. And man, I I think we had this discussion a long time ago, I think, but I, I'm curious about him off the bench too, because then you limit, I mean, just the wear and tear, all that. Is he willing to take a different role? He kind of spoke on that on exit interview day. I don't know. I, I think he can fit in and I think he'd be valuable in any role basically, because I don't, I just don't believe in what they could get back being that much better. And again, it, it comes to being creative and that's not my job. That's the GM's job. And that's why James Jones's job is, uh, is going to be tougher than Frank Vogel's job. I'm going to say that. Before we go, uh, we played the, will they or won't they be back game with the other free agents and the guys on near the back half of the roster anyone stick out to you in particular when we run through those names before we go i think biz is an obvious one to me hakogi obviously you just look at defense Sh- sham it kevin <laughs> oh uh he Corey craig they had troy daniels on that lakers team um Akogi would be interesting because that that's one of those where it's like he basically was not playable in the playoffs um, this past year, but that's less about the coach, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I think uh, Kogi would be uh, even better, I believe, because they would be more versatile with lineup ideas, you know? Like, they would try Okogi at the five. Like, it's... I was reading some Vogel stuff the other week about how his Lakers tenure went, and he was doing, like, weird stuff with, like, Mello. Remember Mello on those teams? Like, he was he was trying everything. I mean make a Kogi the Bruce Brown of the nets a few years ago and make him screen and roll. See, he would actually, yeah, that that's a, that's a great way of putting it. He would actually utilize him in that kind of way. We talked about a Kogi as a roller all the time and a diver and a pick and roll playmaker as a screener. And they hardly used a Kogi like that. They had him screen. Don't get me wrong, but vocal would like prioritize it in the way that the nets teams did with Bruce Brown for sure. Uh, any other thoughts before we go? I think it's pretty clear cut. It's, it's fine. Um, I don't know if Vogel is a better head coach than Monty. I would say they're like more in the same tier than anything. But if you were looking for a change and looking to hire someone, I think that it's it's fine. And the way that I wrote it is it's just because it's fine doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's okay to say that something is okay. Like it's it's average, it's fine, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like it didn't have to be a home run hire to come in to replace Monty if everything we be- believe uh, – to be true is which is just that it was his time to like he had to move on like and it wasn't be it was just the the ownership and the front office wanted a new direction and that certainly seemed like it was the case the playoff exits dictate that and you had to bring in someone else you you did fine with Vogel they could have done worse for sure I think let let me go here before you go Would, would, would he have been your first choice between the three candidates him Doc and Kevin Young no but that is biased toward being curious about things. I think like when you're trying to win a championship, you have a direction with this coach, you know what to expect regardless of what the roster looks like. I I can't wait for more uh, Swedish winger Intel here, Kevin, when the Suns hire some assistant and all my mentions tell me that he's an offensive guru. It's like, Oh, (laughs) right. You didn't know who that guy was a week ago. I'm very proud of that. Like there's already Phil handy buzz on the timeline. It's like, come on. It's like Bill Haney, very well-renowned and very respected assistant coach. Don't get me wrong, but just Suns fans being like, we need to go get Phil Handy. It's like, did you know who Phil Handy was an hour ago? 
Hey, my conspiracy, bro- <laughs> my conspiracy theory brain went to like Phil Handy, Coach LeBron, Dave Fisdale, who has been linked to this a little bit, Coach LeBron. Hey, but I was also on the LeBron conspiracy theory, leaving after he had his press conference at the end of the season. So. I think it all adds up, man. Like you, you get a top 10 defense with Frank Vogel and you get a top 10 offense because you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. If you have both of those things, you're going to be in the hunt for a title. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty simple, yeah. pretty simple, logical, dare I say, Kevin, which not a word we were used to saying about the Phoenix Suns five years ago to compare the pre money <laughs> era to this one. Uh, if you'll allow us to have that brief assist. All right, buddy. Uh, do you want to come back next week? What's up? What, what you feeling? What you vibing? Do we take I a think week we off? Will. What do you say? I think we'll, I don't know. We'll play it by ear. We can play it by ear. Okay. Uh, I have a column up on the story right now that I referred to 14 times, and you will have a story up later kind of looking at what we just talked about, some Patrick Beverly agenda, whatever you want to say. You're going to look at those past teams, the Caruso, KCP, Rondo rolls, and what Indiana did as well, uh, and kind of try and see who the Suns might go after. Uh, read all that on ArizonaSports.com. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Isn't that what we're supposed to say, Kevin, that I haven't said in like three years now on an outro? Isn't that what Please support. do? Yeah, sure. Yes. So, so support us uh, and, and just be relieved like Kevin and I are that we no longer have to stare at verbiage and reports and figure out what they mean. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>